And welcome once again to Kingdom Conversations Women's Edition. I am Alicia Halliburton, and I'll let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Crystal Fulton. And Tori Anderson. And we are so excited to be here once again. The guys have kind of taken, reclaimed their, their spot and bumped us to the side. No, I'm just kidding. So we're excited to be able to be here once again and to share. This one's going to be a juicy one. It's going to be a good one. And, um, you know, I remember when the Holy Spirit put it on us to um, take on this topic, you know, my initial thoughts was like, dang, I'm going to lose some more friends. People going to, I just, I just know, like, I'm going to lose some more friends. But hey, that's just kind of what comes with it sometimes. So the disclaimer is we are going to be talking about um, abortion. We are going to be talking about a very touchy or what people will call, you know, a sensitive taboo topic. Um, but it's very necessary that we have this conversation and talk about it from a kingdom perspective, because there are so many conversations going on. There are so many ideas right now um, that are being shared. And I'm rarely hearing, I'm hearing a lot of opinions. I'm hearing a lot of, I think, I feel, I want, I need, I deserve, um, and not what does the king want? What does he think about this what are his thoughts? Um, I also hear a lot of religious thoughts too, but that still doesn't mean that it aligns with um, kingdom culture. And so, you know, what this isn't is a debate. This is not a debate. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> First of all, if you can make it through this video, I commend you because it's not popular. Um, it's probably going to step on some toes, but at the end of the day, you know, we're standing on the word. And so those who have truth in them can identify with truth. But if you don't have truth in you, then you're probably going to be offended from the very beginning. So anyways, we're going to wrap this disclaimer up, <laughs> um, you know, but I, I definitely challenge you though, to just examine your thoughts, examine why do I think the way that I think about anything? Why is this so, why do I feel so passionately about either, either way, being pro-life or being pro-choice? What's the source of these ideas? Where did they come from? Um, so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. So ladies, let's jump right into it. Um, you know, obviously there has been a huge divide with pro-lifers and choicers, what were your initial thoughts upon hearing the overturn of the Roe versus Wade case? Um, my initial thought was, what's the agenda? We have people who are like, hey, this is my own body. I can do what I want with my own body. And then that we have people who are like, hey, um, we need to make the right decision. And this is the right decision to make. Um, so um, like you said, there's a lot of division. And so for me, I feel like that's the agenda is to cause division. And so, yeah, so that was my initial reaction. So I guess it's my turn. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, but when I first saw it, I was honestly, I was shocked because I remember having this conversation with my sister probably like six months ago or so when they first started talking about potentially overturning Roe v. Wade. 
And I was like, you know, I don't think it's going to happen because abortion brings a whole lot of money. I think I looked it up. I think like in 2018, it was like a $630 million industry. And I was like, that's a whole lot of money. I was like, I would be shocked if they turned it over. So when they turned it over, I was like, okay, like what's really going on? Because if you follow, I mean, you want to know the agenda, anything, follow the dollar bill. So when I saw that, I was like, all right, government, like United States government, let me be clear about that. I was like, what is really going on? Kind of like you were saying, Crystal, like, what's the real agenda behind overturning this? Because they're not going to turn over something that's making this much money to because y'all, because that's y'all more right. Y'all not that more, y'all not that moral. Like, so what's what's really going on so yeah that was my um initial thought so yeah that that's my point y'all ain't moral <laughs> and and that's the thing that um you know makes me I, I was surprised too Tori like you were saying like really in 2022 because you know things are so liberal now and if you have anything to say against the liberal agenda, they will crucify you, you know, it's to that point. So I was shocked too. And I'm honestly shocked that they didn't go burn some down. Like um, it was just everywhere, like everywhere I looked, there was outrage. And then also, you know, because I am still connected to a lot of um, Christians and, you know, religious people, then I did see a few that were like, oh, we're celebrating, you know, we're, we're excited. The father did this. And, um, you know, and I, I didn't agree with that either. So <laughs> I was just like, wow, this is um, like you like you ladies mentioned, this is a way to bring division, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, the word itself, it cuts, it does divide and it makes you pick a side. The problem is Sometimes people are picking sides um, and pledging allegiance to a source of thought that just doesn't align with the fathers, even though they like genuinely believe that they are doing what he would want them to do or, you know, that their idea is based on love. So, of course, you know, you should be able to have an abortion or um, the father doesn't want you to kill a baby. So, of course, I should rejoice and that this government has, you know, made this decision. And at the end of the day, this is not his government. If this was his government, um, or if or if he were to step into this government, there would be nothing left. You do, like, that's the thing that I think about. Like Tori was saying, it's just so much hypocrisy, so much things, so many things that are out of order. You can't, try to legalize righteousness and say the father told you to do it when everything else you've been doing wasn't in, in alignment with what he said so anyways so um that was my those are kind of my like can you yeah. uh, you mentioned like the different government can you like just mm -hmm. briefly even for born again believers who may not just heard that type of you know terminology so can you expound on what you mean by like the world government and the kingdom government Absolutely. The scripture talks about how we're in this world, but we are not of it. And so, you know, really what that is talking about right there is the two governments with that, meaning we are born into, I, I am a born citizen into, into the United States, right? That's where I was born. But when I 
made the exchange, when I accepted Yeshua and his ideas, when I began to apply myself to study and to learn about who he is, about who I am in him, the rights and the benefits that I have through um, now being a part of the kingdom government, um, is completely different. Uh, and, you know, when Yeshua came on the scene or something, you know, most people call him Jesus, which is, uh, <laughs> which is uh, not his real name, but we'll, we ain't gonna touch that because we got enough, enough fights to start today. So um, when he came on the scene, he said, repent, change the way that you think. A new government is here. This, this ain't, you know, what y'all been doing is not going to work. Um, and so the same rules apply today. You have a lot of so-called Christians and people who believe in God or, you know, whatever, but they live their lives holding on to the same um, moral standard as the world's government you can't do both they oppose each other you have to make the exchange you can't say i believe in god but i don't believe that well it's not about what you believe in the kingdom government the kingdom government we don't have an opinion we don't have a right to an opinion all we are responsible for is learning what does our kingdom stand for and that's the opinion that i represent or i wouldn't even say opinion that's it. It ain't no, up, it's not up for discussion. I just simply am a repeater of what is already in, um, in the government. So anyway, you got me, you got me going off on the tangent. No, so it was good. Cause, uh, it was something else that, or you kind of, well, you hit it, but you didn't really like go into it, but you know, you were talking about the opinion. Well, you know, one thing is that I know you mentioned source of thought. And so either you're going to have thoughts from, the devil, the old serpent, or are you going to have thoughts from the kingdom? And I know you mentioned that there are a lot of believers that say, well, I believe in God, but, but if you're going to be for real, for real about this, like you can't go back between two, two, you cannot go back and forth between two opinions. Like either you're going to be light or you're going to be dark. And so just, I'm, I'm going to let you keep going, but I just, um, you know, wanted to make that clear about the source of thought. Like we got to check our thoughts where they're coming from. So I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no need to apologize. Crystal, did you have anything to add? Um, I just wanted to add, you know, just as kingdom citizens, like you said, we do the will of the Father. And um, the scripture says, um, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And <clears throat> as kingdom citizens, um, born again believers, there is, there is no other will that we should follow except for the, the will of the Father. It's like what the Father wants us to do. Um, not to vacillate between, oh, well, this is what I want to do, but this is what the father wants to do. So it's just plain and simple. It's black or white, like um, Tori was saying, you know, we're either doing the will of the father or we're fulfilling the will of the enemy. So that's all I wanted to add. You know, something that's coming up in me now, because, um, you know, I used to be a real religious Christian, okay? Um, you know, I've been scripture quoting Bible toting since I was six years old. And very serious about it, filled with the Holy Spirit, all that at seven, you know, so this journey is not new for me, but also there were a lot of things that I had learned and that I had adopted and accepted and then later realized that it, it was unnecessary. It was, um, you know, okay, <laughs> it was unnecessary. And so one of the things though, 
that people want to do is say, well, if you cannot show me exactly in scripture and verse where it says X, Y, Z in the, in the Bible, then, you know, we don't know. So basically it's like, we just come up with, we, we fill in the holes, which number one, uh, <laughs> number one, that's not the right strategy because most of the times it is in the scripture, but because we don't know how to identify principles and um, even, even like the things that we're saying, I have not uh, said, well, in Ezekiel seven and two, it says, well, in, in Matthew, you know, 14, but everything that we're saying is based on scripture and aligns with scripture. And so just as uh, Crystal was saying, you know, the, the scripture reference that she gave that my sheep know my voice. If you are, if, if, <laughs> if what we're saying isn't resonating um, because you're looking for a scripture and a verse, then you may want to evaluate the word that is in you because you'll be able to identify the word. So um, that's my religious folk. Anyway, what else? Did y'all want to have anything else on this topic? No, I'm, let's I'm, get I'm good. good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I forgot it. So you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> there was one thing I wanted oh, to okay. add. Yeah. Um, that when I was um, doing some studying, um, what I found interesting was in, it was in Yokanan, John, um, 1836, is where um, Yeshua said, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. And mm -hmm. I found that really interesting. You brought up um, being religious. I found that really interesting because the previous verses, Yeshua was being presented and questioned by religious leaders when he said this, mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, my kingdom is not of this world. So what that spoke is he is not of religion. You know, that's, this is right. not, you know, this is not my world. So um, it's just really interesting to me that in religion, it'll make it seem like, hey, we're all about Yeshua. We're all about Elohim, but it's not of him at all. So anyway, that's all. That was one of the things I wanted so to So what y'all saying is that Jesus and God can't even be up in this government. Like he ain't got nothing to do with it. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. nothing. I think about that scripture. He was like, they were like, what side are you on? Neither. No, none. Not A, not B or C. Like I'm, I'm in my own. Y'all need to be on my side. <laughs> not me trying to go to your side. But um. Crystal, that was so powerful um, what you shared. And now the thought, the connecting thought has slipped me because I was just listening. But um, dang, okay. Yeah, and why you think about that, Alicia, you know, one thing that I was reminded of, Crystal, while you were talking is that you're sure being killed was a political move. It mm -hmm. was like, you know, the people who wanted him dead because at that time, um, is it Caesar or Pilate? I can't remember. But, you know, he would allow the people to pick somebody to crucify around that time every year. And so they decided that year they wanted Yeshua to be the one that be crucified. And they knew that he was an innocent man. And if you read it, and I can't remember exactly what book it's in now, but they said, you know, we'll let our children deal with the sins of killing this man. Yep. So, like, they kill Yeshua, but you think this government really concerned about killing babies come on now like mm. just, and, and how you mentioned the concept and the precept think about that you know the government is not the world is not clearly not getting better it's going backwards so if they kill Yeshua then 
What well, you think that they care enough about your baby to keep it alive? No, just think about something just, else is going on. Just think about the um, just the concept. Once, like you were saying, Alicia, once you learn principles and precepts and concepts, like it'll fit. You, you'll be it'll be very clear to see that this world is not of Yeshua. Like this world is the world. They're running itself right now. So yeah. Yeah, and we got about. <laughs> yes, we do. It's hard. It's hard. But um, just really quick, I think it's worth mentioning uh, because, you know, we keep mentioning like religious things. And um, really, though, this conversation is for believers. You know, like we don't even <laughs> if you're not even saved, we don't expect um, you to hold these ideals. We we don't expect you to agree with us. Um but it's the people who say that they're filled with the Holy Spirit and yet are living in open rebellion in their thoughts, in their ideas, are holding on to a political uh, agenda, holding on to feminism over the word of the king or, you know, have accepted these ideas as true when they oppose uh, our creator and his his thoughts. So, you know, that's really what we're addressing here now. We, we welcome everybody to listen. Um, and we just say to those who have not yet received Yeshua that you should consider it to repent. That's the first step. Um, but anyways, sorry, I, I just thought we needed to clear that up. Um, but let's get into this topic. So what we want to do now is address different uh, statements that have been widely spread and you know we're hearing them swirl. So let's address these statements from a kingdom perspective. And the first one is, you should be able to decide what you do with your body. Abortion is a right. Who wants to start? It's a right, but... When it dawned on me, I mean, with this government, it's your right. Let me not say that in the kingdom, it's not. Um, but y'all people are saying my body, my choice. But when it dawned on me that you're making a decision about another person, like that's not even your body. Yes, your body, when you're pregnant, you're carrying that body to get it here. You know, it's just like if I order pizza and somebody deliver it, they're carrying it in their car. It's not their pizza. They can't go eat my pizza if they, like, I pay for it. It's my pizza. So it's not, I just, I, and I'm kind of like, I can't even put it in words. Like, it's just frustrating because as a parent and even as being a pregnant person, you pregnant woman, let me say that, being a pregnant woman, because you have to say that nowadays, you know, your body is carrying that baby. You're bringing it forth. You don't have the right to make a decision about terminating a pregnancy or not because you don't even have rights to that person as a part as the person that you, as the baby that you're carrying. As a parent, you have a responsibility to raise them. You have a responsibility, and and that's a whole nother topic. But even as far as just mentioning my body, my choice, it's not your choice because it's not your body. Shut up. Just shut up like this. Um, like I get really frustrated when I hear that because is especially believers like yo where your faith at? Where's your faith at? Like you don't even give it a chance to use a will. This baby may come into a bad life. No, this baby may come into a great life if you change. If yes. you 
because the abortion i mean once you get to the point it's other thoughts that you got to deal with before you even get to the point of dealing with that idea of the abortion like you said like you were saying alicia people say that they believe in the father but do you for real though do you believe in everything? Are you picking and choosing what you want to believe? Like using certain scriptures that make you feel good. But what scripture are you going to use to validate aborting your baby? Tell me that. Mm. That's all I got. Pew, pew, pew. Go ahead, Chris, because I'm, I'm, I'm starting. I'm starting. I'm starting. It's so much, but... Um, just to kind of piggyback off of what Tori was saying, as a mother, I realized that my role in my pregnancy with my children was minimum to what the father was doing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm carrying this child, but I'm not making the heartbeat. I'm not creating the arms. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. You know, I'm making sure that I have the right nur- nutrients put in my body, but I'm not making this child. Um, I'm not creating him or her. Um, And it's the father's responsibility. He's the one that, you know, in the scripture, it also says that, you know, he knitted me in my mother's womb. That's not something I did. So I don't have the right to say, hey, well, you know what? I just want to go ahead and abort this. Or, you know, um, my situation isn't um, well enough for me to, have this child. So I, I, I don't have that right. Um, also, on top of that, a scripture also that I had looked up is First um, Corinthians 6, 19. It says, do you not know that um, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who um, you received and who dwells in you? So as born again believers, when we become born again, the Holy Spirit, Elohim, um, all of Elohim comes into our body and through the Holy Spirit that resonates in us. And so with that being said, it's like our bodies are not our own. Like that scripture is, 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 is true. And just because in this world, we don't see it, it's not um, real. But like when I first became a believer, I heard that verse and religion taught me that you know when you get saved okay now you're born again you got a born again spirit but I didn't realize how true it was until I learned that the Holy Spirit was really somebody that um, lives in me and that I can rely on and depend on to speak to me and this is a, a actual person and for that being said like even <clears throat> one of the things that um, really made it real to me as far as being a believer um, when I first came into salvation was if the Holy Spirit was a person that I could honestly see and touch and I know that he's with me wherever I go, would I be making certain decisions? Would I really be getting on an exam table and just pulling a baby out of me? Would I be doing these things? Would I be drinking? Would I be smoking if he could, if I could really see him following me everywhere that I go? But because we can't see him, because we can't touch him, um, a lot of people just think, oh, okay, well, I can do what I want. Elohim will forgive me. And it's just the Holy Spirit is real. 
and he lives inside of us and we don't have the right to say the thing that he created in me I have the right to destroy okay um that was a lot especially between the two of you so thank you holy spirit that I I lean on you so I'll I'll start with where you ended crystal um you talked about like if people could touch and see and have that physical, um, you know, I, I get where you were coming from. If they could touch and see the Holy Spirit, would they be like, if he was right there in the room with them, would they be that bold to, to make that decision? And it reminded me of the Israelites and how they wanted a king when the father was like, I want to be your king. I want to lead you and guide you. You know, the scripture talks about how he can write his laws on our hearts, that that is how we should be able to be governed. We don't, we shouldn't need a law to tell us not to get an abortion because we're governed by the Holy Spirit. We lean and move based on how he wants us to. And it does not, there's nothing in him that will lead us to do that. There's no, literally in the kingdom of heaven, there's no reason for an abortion law. There's no reason for any of that because we're we we're we depend on him. So he wants he wants us to to depend on being led by the spirit and not needing a law or not needing. Well, show me in the scripture where it says, you know, in this situation, um, if if the mother was raped or what about incest or what about the, you know, we have all of these what we want to say are exceptions to the rule. There's no need for an abortion in the kingdom. There's no need for it. Even in situations like Torah was saying, let's say that it's non, as, as, as they would say, non-viable. Says who? They didn't create that life. Right. They did not create that life. Who is to say that the father doesn't restore that child's life or doesn't heal that child. Because we've all had experiences with, with, you know, in this area. My baby, they told me there was a hole in her heart. And what if I would have said, you know what? She's, she's suffering to the point to where I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to put her through that. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, father, father. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about Yeshua on the cross when he was going through all of that suffering and all of that punishment, but for the glory of Elohim. And that's not to say that we should make our babies suffer. I'm not saying that. Don't, you know, hear, hear me very clear. But what I did do was apply the word and stand on faith and the father healed her and she doesn't have any complications. So um, backing up, Tori, you were talking about how... <laughs> First of all, it's not even logical. Like literally your argument of I have, you know, we all have rights and things. So what about the baby? They don't have rights. But the thing is, then they'll say, well, they're not a human yet. Right. I'm sorry. Do y'all hear yourselves? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be insulting, but even logically, it just, it doesn't make sense to me, you know, and, and uh, Crystal, you you brought up the scripture about before before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So where did life begin? It already began even before you were uh, planted in your mother, before you got there. Like you said, that's just the carrier. We didn't create life. 
life was already created in the very beginning. The father is life. Everything that he does is eternal. It lives on forever, even outside of these bodies. But when life is placed in the body, um, it's just as valid or um, real as it not being in it. So anyways, it, it doesn't even make logical sense. But one of the things that, you know, the, the initial question was like, um, you should be able to decide to do with your body. That's a statement of rebellion in the kingdom's government. Because our life is not my, my life is not my own. I've laid down what I want to do. Um, I don't belong to myself, you know, and, and it made me think about the principle of management versus ownership. We don't own anything. We're just stewards. That principle of management, it even applies to this. You know, you were talking about Tori, like, or I think that was Crystal, about like what our role is. It's not our role to take life or to give it. We're just stewards over it. We're just management, you know. So um, those, those were kind of my thoughts to that. I have to die daily to what I want to do, to what Alicia thinks and make the exchange for what my king thinks. So on my on my dying breath, I will uphold and fight for kingdom ideas over what, what I want to do and what I think is right. But that's the thing. We have people who they never search. They never even know what the father, how he feels. Um, we just, you know, as my mom says, we're going around. We say that we're saved, living our own lives, doing our own thing and asking the father to bless it versus really crucifying our flesh, making that exchange. A lot of people haven't done that in the first place. So it doesn't surprise me when I hear so-called ambassadors saying things. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. Um, most people know that it's wrong, quote unquote. And, and even a lot of uh, religious people that I hear defending it they more so will say you know well but y'all lying y'all fornicating y'all doing this so you know y'all are so hypocritical or we need to show compassion you've never been you know in in someone's shoes and there are certain cases and there are certain this and we want to make room for sin or make room yeah so people feel comfortable when that's not our job or, or even say things like, well, you know, if you don't love, then people will, um, we're going to lose them. You know, they're not going to, they're, they're going to want to turn away from God. This is the, this is the highest expression of love. And that's exposing someone to truth, to kingdom's truth. That's the highest form of love because Elohim is love. He is truth. He is life. He is all of these things. So rather than me see you on the path of destruction and help you there, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you, yes, you may be, okay, let's see. Because here's the other thing. People like to use these, uh, I was looking at the stats of like how many um, abortions are for because of rape or because of incest or, you know, um, things like that. It's like 0.2%. It's, it's very small. The majority of people, that's not the situation that they're in. It's not. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a choice based on situational factors, financial factors, uh, you know, all, all these other sorts of things. But 
we have to stay focused on the kingdom, the kingdom agenda. I digress before I go another 25 minutes. So did y'all have anything else to say on that one before we go to the next one? No, just even as you were talking, um, Alicia, one thing that kept coming up is for all these Christians who are having situational abortions, the word says, I'm Yahweh and I change not. And so many times people want the father to bless their lives. They want them to bless their career. They want to be blessed with things. They want to feel good. But in all, all, that's what it was. Um, They want to be blessed with all these things. And then when truth is being exposed as you were saying that quick to say well i'm not gonna judge no when you're using the word the word is judging you already and if that judgment is coming one thing believers got to learn to be grateful for judgment like well correction i should say be grateful for that because even with your children like you correct them when they do something wrong so why would the father never correct us i know people be on facebook talking about well, God don't play about me. And when God's talking to me like this, and I'm like, do y'all ever get corrected? Because I get corrected a lot. Like, I'd be like, dang, Holy Spirit, but I thank you. Like, at what point do y'all get out of just trying to feel good? You're not going to feel good all the time. And the Father is not going to make you feel comfortable and in, in being rebellious. So as believers, why are believers making other people feel comfortable in their rebellion? And in this case, talking about abortion, not wanting to address them. Well, like you were saying, Chris, I mean, Alicia, a lot of the um, reasons why people got abortions weren't because of rape and incest and things like that. It was situation. It was because of your finances. Like maybe you should have made another decision before you even got to the table of getting an abortion. You know, again, going back to changing that source of thought, what got you in this situation? So, yeah, like I yep. like leaders say all the time, the devil will make a fool out of you, a plum mm-hmm. fool out of you and leave you out there to dry. Just really quick, because that's it right there. We're talking, we're focusing so much on the act or the aftermath, but no one's talking about the root cause and, and what's really going on underneath like, like, what are the things leading to a person even coming to the decision of, okay, yes, I, I, I want to make an abortion. I've had conversations with several people recently who were contemplating, um, you know, contemplating getting it. And it wasn't because, um, it was because the situation, they, they didn't feel like it was right for them to bring a baby because maybe they weren't with the person they wanted to be with or you know they didn't have the finances or they were really you know they were already having a hard time in life and you know all of these sorts of things but what's the root problem because it's not it's not um whether abortion we, we already know that it opposes it and that's why and this is something else we'll have to address towards the end but that's why People are really dying from the inside out because guilt is eating them up. Regret is eating them up. Unforgiveness, you know, but that, but people won't tell you about that. They'll say, yeah, abortion is your right. Go ahead and do it. And then you take that bait and the enemy uses it against you, keeps you in bondage in your mind, keeps you walking in guilt. Then now once you're finally able to have a family and, you know, and now you still feeling guilty because yeah I had this baby but what about the other one I even know someone who they feel like they're being punished because they've never had children 
because they had an abortion. But no, really, it's you haven't let you haven't even forgiven yourself. You haven't made the exchange uh, to receive the cleansing of the Father to to change the way that you think. You're the reason why you aren't able to conceive because you're holding yourself in jail. So, anyways, it's 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 so much here. But again, in the kingdom of heaven, there's no need for abortion. Because number one, the pat what is the pattern? The pattern that and what the father has already established uh, when we are having sex, we're engaging the law of procreation is already within certain, uh, there's certain qualifications so that a lot of that stuff is avoided. And then part two, you know, financial, that's another huge piece and you mentioned that Tori like maybe you should have made a different choice with your finances but um it's true you know and, and also there are laws that govern that um I'm gonna say this really quick and I'm 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 I'm, I'm stop talking so much but that also made me think about um you know we always talk about well how many kids do you want but what do you well have as many as you can afford those are not kingdom concepts in the kingdom, when we're applying the laws of management, now that's not to say go have 30 babies because it is according to what you can manage. Okay, so let me not, let, let's get that clear. I'm not saying have 55 kids, but I am saying if, don't limit the father either. Right. He may want you to have 55 kids and it's not up to you because we don't create life right? We just care. We just manage. And it's up to us to learn the principles of management so that we are good managers. Okay. I'm done. Let me, <laughs> let me get off. Crystal, what you got? Anything before we go to the next one? Oh goodness. So it was something that came to me, but it left me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go Tori. You can come back. To no, one thing that, um, you've mentioned, I love that you said laws, because that's actually what I wrote down on my notebook about laws. And, you know, um, you mentioned a law of procreation, but also, you know, you go ahead and you have that baby, you can continue to activate laws that will make your life successful yes. after you have that baby. Yes. So the kingdom don't, just because you mess up, yes, you have abortion, the father will forgive you. He don't keep you in bondage, you do that. The enemy keep you in bondage. The enemy will trick yes. you into keeping yourself locked up. You can yes. still, and, and I'm not I'm not encouraging anybody to have, to have the mindset, well, I'm going to do it and God will forgive me anyway. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But what I'm saying, if you've made that decision, the you can still have a full life. You can still have the life that the Father wants you to have because Scripture tells us that he, it's as far as the East is from the West when he forgives us. So you can still, and what we mean by everything in the kingdom is governed by laws. Things for the father ain't just sitting up there, point, I want this to happen, I want that to happen. Even he himself governs himself by his laws. And so yes. if he's governing himself by his laws, guess what? We govern by his laws too. And guess yes. what? Laws will work for us when we operate them, when we learn about them, when we apply them to our lives. But also laws will destroy us if we keep breaking them because laws laws are yeah. other laws. So if you out here being rebellious, yeah. And you messing up, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Well, it's a law that's going to come in and say, hey, well, can't do that. But if you are living as an overcoming believer, like just using tithe, tithing as an example of managing, you are returning your tithe, first fruit, free will offering. You are uh, operating in the law of management when it comes to managing your money, managing your life, your children, whatever you got going on. The father can bless that 
because he because you've upheld the law so he has another law that's gonna come sprinkle some goodness on the laws that you already applied and it keeps going you like you mentioned patterns alicia just like those patterns can be replicable you can always repeat laws to make sure that you're successful and so as yes. we're talking about abortion you know that's you implemented laws and so if you get on that table well it's not only you know the the emotional side of it but it, it does damage to your body and that's what people aren't telling you about you know there are people who've had abortions and i'm not even talking about the backwood abortions with the clothes hangers i'm talking about people who've had medical abortions and they have experienced damage to their bodies from that or they can't have babies from that you know so there's a lot of things that go into that so i really i'm really glad that you mentioned the laws alicia so yeah Yes, yes. We got we got a lot of lawbreakers expecting things to work and you in jail. You locked up. You don't have no rights, no privileges because you're in rebellion. So I love that you that you uh expounded on that. Like we got to do we got to do our part, right? Um so okay. Um let's go to the next one. Men shouldn't have a say-so in women's reproductive rights. Well, the one thing that came to me when you said that is that, for one, um, we are not called to have dominion over each other. We are called to have dominion over the enemy and over um, the earth. So when, when, it's, when that's said, um, it does remind me of what, like, Tori had mentioned, which I know she will go into a lot more detail about um, feminism. Um, so as a female, we don't have dominion over men and men don't, we don't have dominion over us. And on top of that, that child is just as much the father's as it is the mother's. And it's not just our decision as a mom to say, hey, you know what? I don't want the baby, so I'm just going to um, get rid of it. That is the father's child, just as much as it is ours. And it's, it doesn't matter how much the world wants to take man out of the creation of a child. You know, you're going to need, you, you need the mechanism of the man. You can't, they can sit up here and make a womb. They can, they can. Um, make a female look like a man, but they cannot make sperm. That mm. is something that they cannot, you you just can't recreate sperm. That is something needed from a male man in order to create life. So um, a man is needed and a man is important. And um, he makes just as much as a decision, if not more, when it comes to that child. So Oh, Crystal, they coming for you, baby. You said, did you just say that they can make more of a decision? Did you mm -hmm. say that? Because that is patri that is patriarchal. Or I, I, forget, I don't think I'm saying the word right. Lord, let me get it right. <laughs> Patriarchy. Patri oh, God. I quit. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so, okay. But you made some really powerful points. Again, the pattern has already been set. But as you said, the world wants to eliminate the man out of the equation. They are always trying, oh, Father, help me, help me, help me, Father. The root of that statement is based in feminism, period. 
is based in feminism. Um, feministic ideas do not align with kingdom ideas. Now, here's here's where it gets tricky because again, the enemy he he wants to trip people up and he wants to get you into believing and agreeing with the thought that seems good and may and may even have some good in it. That's what he did from the very beginning. He's been using the same trick literally since the beginning of time. He wants to mix the good, but there's evil in it as well. And so it allows separatism. It allows you to say, well, how dare you say something? I'm the one who has to go through this process. I'm the one who has to carry this baby as if you created the life by yourself. Just as you were saying, Crystal, it took two people to create that life. And I, you know, I've always made people mad because I'm like, how is it possible that you can get an abortion without uh, permission or without, and, and Tori made a good point that sometimes the fathers, they be trying to get out of it anyway. So, you know, but in the kingdom, that don't apply. So we don't even have to focus on that. But um, we have to be careful about allowing ideas in our belief system that minimize the role of a father and that look at the role of a father as domineering or, um, um, you know, unequal or, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to, to put this in the words because I see that agenda so much, even in superhero movies. Now you got the women beating the men up and kicking them upside that, like, get real, like be, but it's an agenda, it's an agenda. Women are mad. They're mad that they were uh, underneath the man for so long. They're angry that they made less money, that they, you know, uh, were told to just look pretty and, and be barefoot and pregnant and shut up. And, you know, that they were mad that they couldn't go to work. So now the enemy has them fighting a fight. <laughs> Going out there by themselves, setting themselves up for failure because we were never designed to compete. It goes right back to Bereshit or Genesis when um, after the fall, uh, the father told Adam, now you're, she's going to have the desire. Uh, you're going to have to rule over. Help me, y'all. Help me, y'all. Help me, y'all. Because I don't want to mess that up. Her desire will be for you, but you're going to have to rule over it. There it is. And what that is talking about, that desire, if you look at it in the Hebrew, is talking about now she's going to want to compete with you when that competition was never in the design. He created us to perfectly balance each other and work with each other. So there is no my body, my decision. It's we came together to engage the law to create this life and we're going to raise this child we're going to be good stewards and managers over this child because there is no alternative in the kingdom period you know um so that, that was a, that's my thought on that statement tori go ahead um so i'm gathering my thoughts y'all know like future feminists was like i was probably driving the bus of the feminist feminist train we'll train but no, one thing that I wrote down that you said, Alicia, is that women are angry. Mm -hmm. And even if you, <clears throat> excuse me, look at the feministic agenda, how you were just saying how women are angry, how they've been in bondage and been told this and that, whatever, da, 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 da. You know, 
and even as I was thinking about that a while ago, one thing the Holy Spirit planted in me was, well, who told y'all y'all wouldn't equal? And I right. was like, you know what? That makes sense. And it just goes back to that source of thought of just um, making sure that we have the source of thought from the Father. And, you know, just um, eliminating what we allow in our belief system. Sorry, I'm trying to gather my thoughts because there's so much I want to say. But, um, you know, women have, especially with this feministic agenda, they have attached themselves to things that make them feel like they're in control. And going around saying, my body, my choice, well, you are putting your, you're getting yourself out of position. You're causing division in your family. You're causing, you know, separation between even men and women. And y'all said it, um, you know, we're interdependent. We work together. Scripture tells us uh, we come from man, but through woman. You know, you can't have that baby without that man. Like you said, Crystal, y'all can create wounds, but y'all can't create sperm. And I read not too long ago that they were actually trying to clone babies, you know, and so one of my husband's co-workers was telling me, well, if they can clone, he, she was telling him, and she all in that community, I said that, but, you know, she told him, well, if we can clone babies, we don't need men. And I'm just like, okay. That's y'all right. problem. <laughs> yeah, imagine a world with, with nothing but women, a whole bunch of women. Y'all right. I don't want to be here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we need some leadership somewhere like you know it, and not to say that you know and and the thing is people have taken that the man being the senior leader they've taken that and they've used it to you know pe put people in bondage religion has used that to put women in bondage uh, men have used that to be dominary and control people and both of y'all were out of order like both of y'all need to go back and find out who you are and actually apply kingdom principles but when it comes to the topic of abortion you're destroying a family you know not even just the baby but you're putting a woman in front and putting the putting the man behind and then you want you want it to work out you want your life to be great, but you out of order already. Like you want to create your own pattern when the father already created a pattern for us. And all we got to do is learn it. You, I mean, it just goes back to what you were saying, Alicia, like crucify that flesh, crucify mm -hmm. that flesh before you even get to the point of needing to be here before you, you know, check those thoughts before you even allow feminism to start uprooting because, you know, you get, what's the, what's that saying, y'all? You give somebody an inch, they take a mile. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Y'all well, taking yeah, 10 miles. <laughs> yeah, girl, they're taking the world. They're taking right. 10 miles. They don't stop. <laughs> they, they don't at all. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying, because I could talk forever about this, especially when we're talking about feminism, but like really just understanding that. And I've heard so many women say, well, women have it so hard. Well, a lot of times y'all wasn't designed to even be working 60 hours a week and then coming home and doing your films. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm not saying that. You know, but what I'm saying is that, yes, it's chaotic because you put yourself in a position for chaos to brew. You haven't put yourself in a position to speak true, true, true shalom. You haven't put yourself in a position for the father to say, hey, you know, they've, they've uh, operated in my laws and for him to sprinkle, I need to stop saying sprinkle, but, you know, to <laughs> <laughs> allow him to... Uh, bless y'all because you for one you got to give the father even an avenue to bless you you got to give him something like i love what you obedience said, yes mm. and and the that and that's the that's the master key obedience and submission but that's yes. a whole other topic <laughs> it's the I same love, topic <laughs> <laughs> i 
But I love, Crystal, what you said that when you realize, and I'm trying to say it how you said it, is that when you were pregnant with your babies, the father's role, your role was minimal to what the father was doing. And I, when you said that, I was like, you know what? She right. She right. You know, just sprinkle some more, whatever we call it. We just want to in there. But you know, like really just people trying to control too much of their lives when you don't have to, you manage it. You manage yeah. it and yeah. manage by getting them feministic thoughts out. Men too, because now men are mm-hmm. saying that they should be feminist too. Bye. Y'all, yeah. You know. <laughs> Go ahead, Alicia. That was good. No, that was good. I think, I think you definitely pulled out what needed to be pulled out of that. Um, we're interdependent. So that that was good. Um, how much time do we have? 48 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, that's all. Good night. No, so um, let's see. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you for this platform. I thank you for these ladies uh, that you know are standing on your truth and your laws. I give you praise for those who are listening, who you have drawn to this moment. And if they're still here, they deserve a, a special reward for them getting through this, this whole thing. But Father, we just honor you. And we just ask, um, even for that person who is in the face of making a decision in this area, we thank you that your truth would shine light on their heart. We thank you for illuminating their mind so that they would know exactly what to do and how to do that they would not allow the spirit of hopelessness to attach to them. They would not allow guilt to keep them in bondage. We thank you that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so through choosing Yeshua, that we are able to have freedom. We are able to have an abundance in joy and peace. Um, we just give you praise even for the babies that you are wanting to bring forth in this earth. We lift them up before you, God. We just thank you uh, for the special and unique assignment you've given each of them, that they are blessed and that the agenda on their life to kill them before they even get here, that it'll fail. We just honor you. We lift up um, and we just, we lift up leaders who are also, um, who have the voice to say and to speak, but are afraid because they don't want to lose people or they don't want to deal with. We come against the spirit of fear. We know that didn't come from you. We thank you that we would stand on truth, stand in light. And we just give you praise for all of these things in the authority of Yeshua. Amen. We thank you for listening. And we also encourage you to study with us. We encourage you to, um, you know, to really find out who you are and find out who the father is. And then let's uproot that stuff that's not aligning, you know, because we all have uh, had to go through a process of elimination and detoxing our belief system. As Tori was saying, she's a repentant feminist, but she don't hold those ideals anymore. She's completely let that go. That's the thing. Some people are trying to you know, they want the father, father, I want you, I want to know you, but you're not willing to give up what you have to give up in order to really know him because he cannot um, operate in rebellion. He's not a rebellious God. So um, 
that's all I would I would want to say. Uh, connect with us. We are all a part of Empowerment of Faith. We have an amazing uh, library of teaching on YouTube. You can just look up EOFKC. And uh, our prayer is that you're blessed, that you're blessed, that you're empowered, and that you can do all things through the Messiah. So with that, we say thank you for listening and shalom.